0: Welcome to this BP Leadership Lesson. Today you are going to hear an incredible lesson from Bill entitled Three Leadership Lessons of Solomon. Now, let's dive into part one to see what he has to say. I am glad to be back with you. You've had some great speakers for the last few months. Mike Lynch, I understand, and of course Brent, Benny Tate. So uh, y'all have set the bar real high around here, but uh, I am glad to be able to be back with you. Debbie and I have been traveling lately. You know, since we retired, we decided about, um, I don't know, about three months ago, four months ago, one day she came in and I had laid out a map on on our table and I had put pennies on all these cities I was going to. And she said, what are you doing? I said, those are the cities I'm going to. And she said, when? And I said, by the end of this week. And she said, "Uh, where are you going? You going to all those? And I said, yeah. And she said, I said, do you want to go? And she said, I'll think about it. And so... On that day, two days later, I packed all my bags, jumped in a car and just took off across the country, turned off the stereo, let the windows down, just traveled at leisure 10 days to the West Coast and just had a ball. And then I stayed there another 10 days and then one day she called me and said, uh, hey, I think I'll be flying out tomorrow. And so she came out and so then we got in the car, started traveling, going to some national parks. So we're just enjoying a little stage of life. I, I preached it for years, but thank God we finally got to live it. And that is that old philosophy, pay now, you play later. You know, you understand that principle. If you work hard on the front end, pay now, you can play later. But if you play now, when you're young, you will have to pay later. So you either pay now and play later or play now and pay later. But the truth is, is, if you pay later, the price is greater. It costs more to go back to school, to go back to do things when you got kids and all that. So on the early days, if you can put in as much effort early to pay now, there really is a stage you can play a little bit better. And I'm here to tell you, it's kind of fun there. We have no responsibility. You know, we are a grandparent. Your kids' problems are their problems. Just bring them to us when they're good, and we send them home when they're bad. There's just a lot of of benefits. So uh, that's kind of where we are. Other than that, I want to tell you this, I sure do love you, and I'm grateful for Cascade Hills and how well it has done, how great, I I can't tell you. We've visited many churches, good churches, and there's still something different about the DNA of Cascade Hills. Your understanding of the mission and lost people just sets you apart in so many ways. And so I love you and tell you, keep doing what you're doing. And then I also say, finally, before I get to the lesson, I'm really proud of your pastor, Thank God I knew him as a child, and, uh, and I've watched him grow up. But I have watched a guy that he's, he's never flinched. He's as solid, lives his life, his faith real, and I've never had to worry about it. I've never heard anything of his life that ever made me wonder, was he a good kid or a guy of integrity? And the further I get from him, the more I appreciate him. It may be like you do with your kids. You know, The further you get, then all of a sudden you see the things that weren't under you. And I have people all over the place say, Pastor Bill, your son led me to faith in Christ. Or your son helped me straighten out these things. And he's about to work on his PhD now. And the other day we were having a little dialogue and he was so right that I had to say, okay, I was wrong. Uh, I'd love to, be able to, love to be able to argue that, but I can't. So I appreciate his wisdom, his knowledge, and, and all the rest and how he leads. But I, I appreciate his love for you more than anything else. All right, today, you got your notes? i want to give you some stuff here, I think, that you can use. Three Leadership Lessons of Solomon, um, and if you've never read the Bible or learned anything, thing, that Solomon's the wisest man that ever lived. He was the richest man that ever lived. He was one of the sons of King David. If you're not familiar, King David was the great king of Israel. You remember the guy that you've heard the stories about that David killed Goliath. Well, uh, Solomon became a king at 20 years of age, but even at that age, he was wise enough to be able to manage the kingdom. He led that kingdom for 40 years. His first 40 years, he really had, uh, his first 20 years, he really had an impressive kingdom. The, the, The turn from that began to come when he started drifting from God, and I'll touch that later. But his life is told in 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles and Kings, all about the wisest man that ever set foot on this earth outside of Jesus. And so he was known for some things. He was known, number one, obviously for wisdom. The Bible says this. Let me give you this verse. 1 Kings 4.30 says, Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the sons of the east. Now think about that. All the wisest men they had in that entire uh, world at that time, Solomon was smarter than all them. By the way, if you go back and look at wisest men that ever lived, most of them, there's only one or two that's names even come up in history before Solomon. After Solomon, there, there are many hundreds. It, it appears that Solomon kind of set the bar, and many of them say what he said in different ways. He really was the wise of all the sons of the east. But then he goes on and says, he was wiser than all the wisdom of Egypt. And he's, and you we know Egypt, that's where we got our number system, that's where we get colors, that's where the calendar was made... The the education system in Egypt at that time was unbelievable, yet Solomon was wiser than all of those. This one man, son of David. So he was known for his wisdom. He's known for his writings. Um, he penned word pictures. Uh, we uh, we heard a guy the other day that was a phenomenal word picture guy. He spoke for one hour, and it felt like five minutes. I mean, David and I go to see him, and I said, I've heard much of him. And she said, is he that good? I said, I promise you, for what I hear, nobody is is unimpressed, and he just walks in, and five minutes later, we're about ready to leave, and we just got a whole story, and we looked at our watch. That was one hour. Uh, it, it, he, he was able to paint word pictures so that you felt you were in the scene. That's what Solomon can do with wisdom. He, did, he, he wrote word pictures, and, and, uh, and he penned three books of the Bible. He wrote Proverbs. He wrote Ecclesiastes and Song of Songs. Now, Proverbs is his wisdom. That's insight on life. I'll give you a quick clue. If you, if you don't know how to do this, this, this will help you. I've done it every day of my life. What it is, is uh, the, read the proverb that corresponds with the day. The 31 Proverbs. If you read the proverb that corresponds with the day, you'll be able to keep up with what day it is, plus you get wisdom every morning. Okay, And so, uh, that, that's what Proverbs is. Now, Ecclesiastes was his self-reflection. You read Ecclesiastes, you can almost get depressed. Solomon's had it all, and now he's going through kind of a midlife crisis. And he starts talking about how everything is vain. And you read that, he's at that older age where no longer is he felt he's in control of anything, but it's good insight. And then there's Song of Psalms, which is really a love story. He was madly in love with a woman out of all the women he knew, and that was his book. So he's known for his wisdom, his writings, his accomplishments. He was known for his reign. He had the most prosperous reign of anybody in the entire history of Israel. Uh, It was called the Golden Age of Israel during his reign. He was also known for his wealth. Um, The Queen of Sheba one time, get this, the Queen of Sheba came so far, she traveled across the desert with a caravan of army and gifts to meet him. And when she saw him, she says this, the half has never been told. And is that what I saw? was more than I could comprehend and take in. And I'm saying that to you to understand, bigger than Gates, bigger than Buffett, bigger than Zuckerberg and Musk, and all of those is one man that you have in your hands his writings, his thoughts. Go to school on it. Dig into it. Grab it. Learn. I I cannot tell you how important it is that you... Get the goods from those around you while they're living or you have access. Get them now while you can. Because when they're gone, you've missed it. And more important than anything else is getting that. Now, based on that, let me, let me tell you a story, okay? When King David was being moved as king, God came to Solomon when Solomon stepped into the role. And there had been a little fight before, you know, with a brother. But Solomon now becomes king. And one night Solomon gets a visit from God. When God visits him, He says to Solomon, "You ask me anything you want, and I'll give it to you. Anything you want." Now, what would you do if you were given the opportunity to ask God anything you want? I bet I'd I'd be surprised. We could write it down and put it in a box. I I wonder what it'd be. Some of you say a new car. Some people say a, a diamond ring. Some would say a husband, some would say a child. Uh, that, probably the answers would vary everywhere. Solomon's been given the opportunity. Ask me, any one thing you want in the world? You ever thought about that? What would you ask? Solomon said this: I want wisdom. He said, I want wisdom, God, from you, so that I can govern and lead well. And God was so impressed that Solomon wanted wisdom that God gave him everything else. And literally, he said this. um, He said, because you did not ask for fame, because you didn't ask for fortune, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you fame and fortune as well. I'm going to give you everything else. And God gave all of that to him. He got all three because he asked for that one. So here's some quick takeaways. Let me give them to you quickly. All right, Number one, um, seek wisdom above all other things. Seek wisdom above everything else. Above success, uh, above prosperity. I've met successful people that were dumb as a brick. Um, Just because you're successful don't mean you're smart. Uh, I knew a guy one time had one of the greatest products ever. I got to spend half a day with him. And this guy was uh, right at the B level, near the billionaire level. So I thought, man, I'm going to learn a lot. And whenever I'm with people, I'll try to get all the goods I could. I was with him five minutes. I thought, he's dumb as a brick. How did he get to be CEO? And, I, and then it dawned on me, he's got a good product. That's all he's got a good product. I promise you, he just did not have the brains to close a lunchbox. And, and, and I was like, I, I, didn't, I couldn't ask him a question. He wouldn't have an answer. And, and so just because you got success doesn't mean you're smart or, or have wisdom. Prosperity doesn't mean wisdom. Uh, relationships, in fact. Uh, the fact is, is wisdom gives you all those other things. Wisdom will result in success and prosperity, and wisdom will give you a better relationship. And so uh, the, I, I, help, I, I say that to you to help you. Um, here's what James said. I love this verse. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it liberally to all, and notice this verse, without resentment, and it will be given. Okay, what it means by this. You ever had somebody say they would they would uh, you you got a need you you know you could meet and you go oh god how many times do I have to help them they ask me for this advice over and over and you start to build resentment this is the tenth time my child has asked me for this he's saying to you God doesn't feel that way about us he's saying when you ask him for wisdom he didn't say how many times do you can't you figure it out he's saying God gives it without resentment God says I know you don't know. I know you want to know. I'm not putting you down for not having, I, I'm not resenting you asking me again. Ask me as much as well. I give it liberally and it gives wisdom. I'll tell you where it changed my life. I was just got out of college. was about to, I hadn't even started pastoring yet at the time. Many, many years ago. And I went to hear. I wanted to learn. And I heard that the pastor of the largest church in the world was going to be speaking in Atlanta, Georgia. So I got me an opportunity and I drove up there and I got me, I got early and I got me a front row seat to hear the pastor of the world's largest church. So I knew I was called to the ministry and I wanted to learn from somebody that had experience. I thought, who better than? So I'm sitting here on the front row. I'll never forget the day. This guy walks up, this place was packed. There were people everywhere. I mean, they were trying to get people to scoot over because everybody wanted to hear this guy. He baptized 7,000 people every year. So that's quite an accomplishment. So I'm sitting there and all of a sudden this guy comes up and he says, I have an announcement to make and I regret to tell you that because of a snowstorm in Chicago, our speaker's been delayed. He will not be able to be here this morning. He said, however, in his place, we have a guy who's a businessman named Russell Anderson. And Russell will come and share his testimony. Now here was what went on. People started getting up and walking out in droves. They came to hear the one guy, and now this new guy is going to be the subject. So they got up, and they're leaving. And now i got the whole front row to myself. I'm like, wow, can you imagine how you would be feel if you're the speaker, or you're the guest, you know, and you're going to be the feeling. You walk up, everybody's leaving. So There's probably, it's probably 200 people in a building that holds 5,000. And I'm on the front row, but i got my notes, and I just kind of thought, God, I know you ordained me to be here, so I'm supposed to be here. So I'm, I'm open. Whatever you want, I'm open. This guy gets up. He is as white as your chair. I mean, he ain't been in the sun in years. Um, he is, I mean, I'm thinking, myself, but you know, he's he going to get a sunburn just walking under the lights. Um, red hair, freckles everywhere. He didn't look like he would be as impressive. He didn't even carry his presence well. So I'm thinking, he's the substitute? What have they done? He gets up there and he says, and he talks, his voice is not overwhelming because my name is Russell Anderson and I'm a business guy. And then he starts saying, I worked in the coal mines as a little child and i would be making $5 a day. I worked in the coal mines. He said, but I found a verse in the Bible one day. He said, the verse of the Bible was James 1.5. He said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberty to anyone and does not resent it. And so Russell said, so I would just pray. I couldn't read a lot, but I'd pray, God, I I need wisdom. I have a third grade education. I work in a coal mine. I make a nickel a day. God, I need wisdom. He said, and then God began to give me wisdom. Somebody would come along and I'd buy a little something, maybe a car, and then I'd sell it later for more money than I bought it for. And then I'd sell something else and I'd buy a little piece of land. He said, today I'm worth, and I thought he said at that time, like $600 million. I was like, what? Started in the coal mines, five bucks. And Google the guy, what's crazy, Russell Anderson, he started probably, I think he gave away, they said last year, over $200 million. And that was just in, and he's about dying now, he's near his 90s. But he started probably 300 churches around the world, or more than that probably. Uh, Paid the whole thing. But here's this guy, and here's what he kept saying. He'd say, the key to my life is James 1, 5. Any man lacks wisdom. He said, one time I was going to make an investment in something. Four or five billion millionaires were sitting around the table. He said, at the last second, I just heard the, the in my spirit, the Holy Spirit said, Don't do it. He said, I'm not going to do it. He said, Everybody else said, Russell, you're crazy. We're going to make a ton. They jumped in. He said, all of them went under. He said, I didn't. He said, other times I'd buy stuff and invest, and everybody would say, don't. He said, but I knew the voice of God said, do it. And I'd do it and I'd make a fortune. He said, I've never made a bad investment. I've learned through it all. He said, but the daily prayer of my life is James 1.5. Now, the day he did that, I walked out and started praying that prayer. Now, God didn't make me a multimillionaire like Russell Anderson. He'll have a different plan for all of us. But I'll tell you what he did do. He helped me to make better decisions. A good decision on who to marry. A good decision on how to raise your kids. A good decision on who to allow in your circle. A good decision on on, uh, what's best to invest your life in. If anyone lacks wisdom, what would Solomon say? Ask for wisdom. What does James say? Ask for wisdom. If you don't go and ask for wisdom, you go through life trying to figure it all out, trying to analyze and scrutinize and ask all your friends and get peer pressure advice. Wouldn't it be better just to go to God and say, Lord, would you just guide me? I tell you, that's the prayer I pray every day of my life. The second prayer I pray every day of my life just to throw it out at you is this one. I say, Lord, guide me when I don't even know that I'm being guided and protect me when I don't even know I'm being protected. And it's just a prayer I pray. And, and you say, well, well, has he done it? I don't know. I never do. I, I just know that I'm okay and, and, and I'm where I'm supposed to be. So the key is pray and the secret there is wisdom. Now, I say that for this and then we'll wrap off wisdom here, but wisdom, make, wisdom will make better decisions. You'll always make a better decision when it's wisdom. Uh, Wisdom understands timing. There are a lot of things you could say and should say, but you better say it at the right time or it can be a problem. Wisdom brings peace. When you're doing something that you know, I'm just following what God's given me the wisdom to do, there's a peace about it. I don't know how it's going to work out, but He's in charge. In fact, you know what the answer to a lot of our problems ought to be? And maybe this will give you peace. The answer ought to be God. How's your life going to work out? God. Well, what if everything falls apart? God. Well, what if my, what if my dreams don't come true? God. Well, what if, what if the worst of the worst comes? God. When you can turn to Him at the end of all of it, you can still have peace and be in a great place. And so that's the, that's the point of it as well. Now, wisdom also does is It brings a better life with less regrets. Um, a person who's wise, they will, they will just find themselves... People say, oh, you're lucky... Luck didn't have to do with it, you know. I was in the same ditch. It's just that God gave us wisdom to know what to do to get out. So wisdom is the secret. We hope you enjoyed the first part of this BP leadership lesson. One takeaway from this section is: if you don't go and ask for wisdom, you go through life trying to figure it all out. A great prayer to pray in your daily life is, Lord guide me when I don't even know that I'm being guided, and protect me when I don't even know I'm being protected. Now, stay tuned for part two. To hear more lessons from Bill, be sure to check us out at bpleadership.com or the BP Leadership Podcast. This is where real leaders are made.